Hey, everybody. Welcome to Inside Situation, a bi-weekly podcast where we share with you some of the conversations we're having in the agency. I'm Peter Ujicic, Head of Technology at Situation. And this week, I'm joined by two amazing guests from our client services team, Nina Donard, a senior account executive. Hello, Nina. Hello. Nice to be here. Welcome. So glad you're here. And we've also got Jeremy Krause, our executive director of client services. Hello, Jeremy. Hello, Peter. How's it going? I I am thrilled to have you guys here. I feel like, uh, you know, you are two of the heavy guns, two of the big hitters from our client services team. Uh, I expect that I will feel very well taken care of in this conversation. <laughs> My question is, how did it take 20 podcasts before you had somebody from client services joining you on well, this podcast? Well, that's a very fair question, Jeremy. <laughs> that, that's an excellent question. I think uh, we had to get 20, we had to get 19 out before you guys were convinced that it was uh, not just a fly-by-night venture. All right. So well, that's, that's my fair. story that's and fair. I'm sticking with it. Good QA um, process. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the the topic that we wanted to talk about today uh, was really, and the reason that, that I wanted to bring both of you guys for contrasting perspectives, uh, we wanted to examine what what are the characteristics that make the best client and agency relationships. And that that's a, a big, broad topic, and I expect that we'll, we'll go all over the map on it. But really wanted to focus on, is there something that we can put our finger on that is a, a through line for those relationships that are really fulfilling, uh, that that really work well, and that we grow from as an agency, and uh, would just you know love to hear some of your experience with that. Jeremy, you have been uh, I remember working with you when I was on the client side many years ago. Uh, so you've been with Situation for quite some time. Can you give a little bit of your your history, your backstory with the agency? Sure. I started here in 2008, so it's been almost eight years now. And we, uh, when, I, when I came on board, it was primarily to oversee uh, the Blue Man Group account, which is where I know you from. Right. Uh, and that was my primary client uh, with you know, productions in five cities around the U.S. And, and some worldwide productions. And I came on as a senior account executive, but focused on that client. And uh, within three months, I was on about four other clients. So uh, <laughs> things changed quickly. Uh, but I was a senior account executive for a few years. I then um, moved up to an account supervisor. And now I'm director of client services. So un- unlike some of the other directors uh, at the agency who kind of passed through a number of different departments, you've been client services the whole time. Yes. That's fascinating. Full through. Uh, I also, yeah, and it's my first time agency side. So before that, I worked for uh, 10 years on the client side myself. Great. Of theater. And Nina, can you uh, give a little bit of your, your background as well? How long have you been with the agency? I've been with the agency about three years now. Um, I came in 2013. I had just moved back to New York after we were living abroad in Israel for a few years. So I knew Situation from a while ago when I worked in the Broadway space. Um, I worked on American Idiot with Situation, and I always admired the work that they did. So essentially, it was something I really wanted to do was to work at a digital agency, and I knew Situation was a great place. So when kind of that all came together, it was great. And um, I was hired as an account executive. Uh, Now I'm a senior account executive, and... Like Jeremy, my client base has grown and grown and grown, but it's really exciting. I work on several Broadway clients, which is how I came here, but I've also started working on some other clients, TV clients. So it's been really great to kind of work on a variety of things. And that's another thing that drew me here because I love Broadway, but 
I love that we also expand to other mediums. Sure. Yeah. And and it seems like, you know, the reward for doing a great job with any client and client services that you just get more piled on top of you. Is that fair to say? Exactly. <laughs> more piled on Do top of you. Do that again with these people over here. Exactly. Not just more piled on top of you in terms of client load and, you know, being able to work on a lot of different types of clients, but in terms of what you do on clients, it's constantly evolving. And I think that's what is so interesting about our job is that what we did three months ago may be completely different than what mm. we're doing today. And that's exciting, not just because of our who we are in our departments, but kind of this industry and working in the digital space. And where do that, just to, to talk about that for a second, how does that evolution usually happen? Is it by uh, the client's needs changing or different types of clients come in who just need something different? Or, you know, what what is it that really drives that evolution of the, 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 the kind of services that we're presenting to clients? I think a lot of it um, comes from questions sometimes that the client asks. And, and you listen to those questions and you think, you know what, we could be doing this better. We could be trying something else. Um, and the questions also go both ways. They come from the client and you think of, oh, why haven't we done this? Why haven't we explored something? Right. And on our end, we're constantly asking ourselves questions like, is this really the best way to do it? Like, why have we been showing the same banner ad to this target mm. audience for the past year when we could be trying different things? So I think it's just, you know, fueled by curiosity, I think, on both ends of this, of, you know, on our side and on the client side. Yeah. And, and I'll actually add to that, that it's interesting because you asked what makes a good client. And, and I know that's one of the topics we're going to discuss. And, in one way, I would say a good client is one that lets us do our job and uh, trusts us and wants us to bring new ideas to the table and be adventurous and be, you know, cutting edge in what we do. And they'll kind of go in the trenches with us and do uh, do kind of whatever we say because they trust us. And that's literally an ideal client. But on the flip side, kind of what Nina was just saying is – Another example of a great client is one that's very involved, that asks every single question. And, you know, there might be some people that say that that's maybe a, a frustrating client to work on, but mm. I, I beg to differ, and I think Nina does too. It's like that's what makes us better, and that is what challenges us. And if every single client were to just let us do our thing, we would not excel as fast as we do. So I think, and we wouldn't learn as much, and we wouldn't ask as many questions internally as much and try new things. So I actually think the best clients are ones that are very different from each other so that you have a variety or a nice mix of clients. Because again, if every client asked a, a million questions, I, I think it would really bog us down, obviously. But that nice mix is, uh, I like to think of it as, our group of clients all together at each has something else to offer and uh, combined really is what works together. Do you ever, uh, and I agree with you that I think you, you want, we as an agency want to be challenged. We don't just want to, we challenge our own assumptions. We challenge what works. We challenge, you know, where clients money should be spent uh, every single day. Do you, is there though, is there a happy medium between kind of that questioning versus kind of, uh, a client maybe who is questioning every well, – where's the balance between question and trust? And how do you develop that trust so that, you know, when you come back with an answer, 
uh, or, or even, you know, sometimes you don't know the answer. Clients come to you and they ask you all these questions and you're like, you know what, I've got to take it back to my team and we'll, we'll think about it and we'll come back to you with a recommendation. But what's, is, is the, you know, how do you, how do you sense when the balance is, is right? Or when you, uh, does it just happen over time? You know, yeah, I, I think mostly it does happen over time. So, you know, we're lucky now that, especially on our Broadway clients, that we work with a lot of people repeatedly, a lot of the same producers and general managers. And in that scenario, even though every show is different and they might be producing a different show, we have a relationship. We, we've established kind of our um, rapport with each other. And when when I know that they will ask a certain question, what I know they're going to be worried about. So that definitely comes over time, but it never starts that way. You know, when the, the way you build trust, obviously, is by doing a good job and making them trust you. It's very rare that you come in with a new client and off the bat, they're going to trust you, right? So that is um, really why, obviously, starting new relationships with clients is one of the most important things of a client services uh, person in any industry uh, for any advertising agency or marketing agency is that uh, you really have to get to know the, the client. You got you have to figure out what their pain points are, what, what their interests are, what their knowledge is, especially working in the digital space, and, and work off of that and, and communicate with them the way that they uh, feel comfortable. And I think kind of to your, to hit on your question of when does the questioning kind of cripple you and when does the questioning push right. you? Um, and there's definitely both scenarios that exist. So sometimes the questioning is coming from a place of not trusting. And you want to make sure that either you figure out a way to, to work with that client to gain their trust and to kind of understand where their questions are coming from. Um, and in those scenarios, I think, you know, sometimes clients – they, they know a lot in their industry and it's, it's hard to kind of accept that they don't know as much in the digital space because it is so complicated. Right. So I think a lot of it there when the questionings, when the questioning becomes a little bit difficult to deal with, you just kind of need to be patient and, and educate them and try to, you know, really break it down as much as possible. Um, but then there's, you know, the questioning that I touched on earlier that pushes you that really makes you start to think like, Oh, you know what? We shouldn't just be doing it how we've always done it. Right. Um, well, and I, I think sometimes we do. Even this day, we you know I know we have certain clients who kind of play the luddite card, right? They just throw their hands up for all things digital. They know they need a digital agency. They're not really sure why, but they're like you. I you guys just go off and figure that out. Versus those clients that really are taking a, an active interest in, you know, how important digital marketing is and the performance of the web, you know, and the, 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 just the trend of the numbers and where the dollars are being spent and how tweaking that, you know, a few percent could really make a difference on the back end. Do you, what can you do with a client who is completely kind of hands off or disengaged or are there things that you do in your day to day to try and impress the importance of what we do to certain clients, you know, even though they may throw their hands up and say, oh, I don't know technology. It's a, it's a challenge and it's one that we have to, it's important to face and not just let them kind of be not oblivious to it, but just not take an interest in it because their non-interest in it or if they're not curious about it is ultimately going to not lead to the best results. Um, 
you know, so we still even to this, and it's, it's way different than it was eight years ago when I started. Um, but still to this day, there are certain clients that just don't value the importance of digital. And our job uh, as a client services uh, representative is to make them value it. Like if we just let them kind of in meetings, and this happens honestly, I think more often than it should, is when we get to the digital portion of the meeting, it very often is kind of the afterthought, right? Mm. And and it's the last thing on it's the, the agenda. last thing on the agenda. And honestly, that's because that's the way it was eight years ago, and it just hasn't changed because of the tradition of okay, let's talk about the TV ad or hmm. the uh, or the print campaign or the billboard because that's just the way it's always been. So even as we've evolved and we've you know might have been ten percent of the budget on, you know, eight years ago. The marketing budget. The marketing budget, right? Uh, eight years ago, 10 years ago, we're now far greater than that and close to half or over half on some. And in that scenario, it's still the last thing for the last five minutes of the meeting very often. Hmm. So something we do often is kind of look for those moments with clients to bring them into our office to say, we need to focus on digital for an hour. We need to explain what we're doing. You need to understand that. And it can't just always be kind of the afterthought because we're only going to grow and make it better if you if you really understand what we're doing and value it. Um, and honestly, I think sometimes if there's a client that really just doesn't value it, then we might not even be the right fit for them because we only excel or do our best work when we have a partner and, you know, where we're not just thought of as a requirement, but really an integral part of the campaign. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot that we do that is often gets unseen because of what Jeremy talked about. So we kind of need those moments alone with the client. Um, and, you know, we've been doing more of that, of really keying them into optimizations we make with our media plans and right. And making sure that they're more in the loop. They're not just seeing it in a report in an email. We're having those conversations because sometimes we'll send the reports in an email, but it's not the same as actually hearing it and really understanding it and putting it into context. So I think also giving them more context on what we do has helped us, especially of late. Like within the last year, our reporting has changed a lot, just how we put our information into context, how many people are visiting the website, how does that relate to sales, online sales specifically, how does that, you know, play into what happened on social. So really connecting the dots for them more helps those clients who are less familiar with what we do value what we do better. Yeah, I mean, we, we you know, going back to our data storytelling event from months ago, you know, Damien and, and Jeremy, you were part of that event as well, you know, just talked about how important it is to not be a shrinking violin in the room, to be the ones who are saying, no, that we, we feel strongly that you should try this and we're backing it up with data and here's, here's why, uh, why we're making these recommendations and how vital it is to have somebody in the room who's listening to that. Maybe it's not the lead producer, but maybe it's, you know, somebody else on the team that can whisper in their ear or kind of help to, to make that case for us after, after that meeting. Yeah, and honestly, that point that you bring up is is what also makes a great client when they know that they don't. Let's say the the lead the lead producer or the president or whoever we're reporting to is the the head person. They many of them can acknowledge that digital is not 
their strong suit. They don't understand it fully, but they put somebody on their team in charge of being our representative or our liaison. Mm -hmm. So we're able to have those conversations um, in the way we need to and talk with a client about it who really does understand and value what we do. And, uh, and then, you know, we might have to get final sign off from the, the head person, but uh, I think that that's crucially important mm -hmm. that you have uh, somebody who does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Um, Jeremy, you're, you're a part of a lot of our new business pitches. Uh, and you mentioned a little while ago, you know, when you, there are sometimes when we feel like a client might not be a good fit. Uh, can you, can, are there warning signs, whether in the new business process, you know, where, where they're in the room with someone for the first time or responding to an RFP? Uh, what are the things that make your spidey sense go off in terms of, uh, you know what, this, this may be a challenging client or this might be a great client. Are there things that you can kind of perceive when you're, when you're first approaching, uh, a new client, maybe somebody that we've never worked with before. Right. I, th I think a lot of it stems back to what we were just talking about, which is how much, what kind of sense do I get in terms of how much they value digital? And there are uh, some people who say, oh, yeah, digital is really important. Um, we have to make sure that we focus on it. And you can almost tell that that's just, you know, they have to say that because who would say that digital isn't important these days? But there are, Others that you can really, really tell that they value it, that they ask the right questions, and uh, that they truly um, want a partner that will bring something interesting and uh, bring value to them. And uh, the, the, the warning signs, I think, clearly are something I try to find out early is what kind of budget or percentage of their marketing budget or advertising budget are they looking to spend on digital? And, you know, again, we can do something with a very small budget. We can do something with a large budget. But, you know, it tells me very early if a very small portion of their budget is being spent on digital, no matter how much they mm -hmm. say that they value it and it's important. Right. If they valued it enough, they would be uh, putting a larger piece of the pie in that uh, in, in the digital realm. So I think that's one of the easiest ways to kind of know uh, how much a, a client really wants to invest in digital. Right. It, it's kind of a you can you can say give all the platitudes you want, but at the end of the day, what's that number? Mm -hmm. You know that you're really willing to commit over to to that part of the process. Um, you so one of the things that I think can make any relationship good with an agency is if you have a client that is successful. You have a show that's a hit. You have something that's uh, you know that that it, everybody's happy when when tickets are selling right and it's very easy to think that that means the relationship is good uh even though you know maybe we're rest you know that could lead to complacency uh but what do you uh what about those times when a client comes to us and they're in trouble or they they have a very you know maybe we weren't the first agency they worked with maybe they're migrating over to us and they're trying to solve they're in a hole so to speak what what is the approach like when you're in that situation and how do you, how do you take someone that might be panicked and start that relationship off on the good foot? Is it about inspiring confidence? Is it about, you know, promising that we're going to turn it around or like, what are the tactics that we take in those situations? I think a big thing is for them to feel like we're in it with them, that we're, we're part of this. We, you know, again, I keep going back to partnership, but like, we're not 
just a hired vendor that they say, solve my problem, go do something. It's right. more of like, you know, I, I like to say, I think everybody on our client service team here is first and foremost, a marketing director, right? They're not a agency guy or, or girl who, uh, who just like, you know, gets the ad by and pushes the papers and all right. of that. We all are, I think critical uh, thinkers. Yeah. Really, really smart marketers first and foremost, who, uh, Really, when there's a problem with one of our clients, it affects us. We care about it. And a client, I think that's the honest truth, but I think uh, it's important that a client understands that and feels that we are in it with them. We do care about this. We are going to put our best foot forward and focus on this, even though they know we have other clients because, you know, they know what it, what happens at an agency. But they need to feel like we are the they are the only person we're focusing on for that moment because we need to help them solve the problem. Yeah. And I think another part of that is making sure that we are accountable because just being honest with them that, yes, we're going to work together and we want, we're in it with them. We want this to succeed, but at the same time being honest that we're going to try something and it might not work. We may not be able to solve your problem right away or with this first try or this first campaign, we're going to learn something from it. Um, and I think, especially with, you know, certain clients that might be struggling with sales, kind of admitting up front and even or when the campaign concludes that you're you understand and you're not trying to oversell what you did or make it look better than what it was, because I think they appreciate that honesty, because that means that you're going to learn from what you did and try to either do it better next time or, or take another risk and try to do something new because especially clients that are struggling need you to be able to take those risks and be willing to fail right. because otherwise there's going to be no way forward. Yeah. I, I, I you know, and I think it's, uh, it's, it, it can be challenging when you have someone who comes to you for help, uh, you know, but doesn't doesn't share that mindset of, you know, it, it's time for me to change up what we've been doing, because I think it can, you can get paralyzed into just like if I move any lever, the whole thing could collapse. Uh, Jeremy, we've we've been lucky enough to work with some clients for many, many years, over a decade. What is the secret to keeping a client happy at an agency for that long a period of time? Uh, is it mixing up the new blood? Is it think is it bringing in new approaches or is it keeping the ship steady what what are some of the things that you've seen that are really key to to keeping a relationship with a client stable for for a long period of time yeah i think the the biggest thing is for the most part assuming the client is happy keeping that same team on board keeping the same people that they've grown to trust who they feel like uh, let's say we're in it with them on this first uh, initiative we did or this first project we worked on with them that a year later when, let's say, they come to us again and hire us again, that they get those same people that they feel really comfortable with. Because again, you know, one of our biggest jobs is, is making sure that um, the client is happy, obviously, and making sure that, that they feel confident in us. So one of the things I think is, is consistency in some respects. But then on the flip side, uh, while it might be consistent in the people and the faces that they see, uh, that that's a, really the the main thing that's consistent. We want to have ideas that are consistently good, but yet different, right? So we don't want to. I, I don't think any client would continue working on us, working with us, if for the most part we kept on bringing the same kind of ideas. Right 
day in, day out, year Here's in, year out. the same thing we did last year. Right. Now it's blue. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's like a slight change on this. You know, the reason they hire us and they want to keep working with us is because we are constantly thinking and evolving and trying new things. Um, so as long as we're consistent in that these things do well, perform well, and sell tickets, then, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll want to work with us forever. Is it possible for us to be too, or are there clients for whom you can remember we've been too avant-garde, we've been, we've pushed the envelope a little too hard, we've tried to go a little too crazy in the extreme and the kinds of things we wanted to do? Yeah, I, we just had an example of that uh, last week or a few days ago, actually, where we definitely pushed the limits on what we felt this brand would be willing to put out uh, on their social media channels. And it was uh, for Easter. And uh, we had this, what we thought was an awesome, awesome idea. And uh, we knew it was risky. We knew that the client may not love it, but we had to try it because we felt like it was the right thing to do. We knew that fans would absolutely love it and it would it would do very well for us. So we did it and there was a video that we shot and it was, in my mind, amazing and would have been absolutely perfect. Uh, and it got killed by the client at the last minute um, because, again, they didn't think it was right for their brand to be putting it out there. Um, and that was an example that wasn't a huge, certainly not a huge uh, effort that took weeks and weeks. It was a quick thing that was not very expensive, that um, it was just not right for them. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, it was a learning lesson for us, but it, it was something we all decided afterwards that we're going to do that again the next time, right? If, if we just always worry about what we think the client will like or what's safe, we will never excel at what we do. And, you know, the next time we do it, we'll hit the right note and, and they'll love it. And hopefully we'll prove to them that it's effective and then we'll do that again. So that, that's uh, we very often, I think, overstep what we think the client's comfort level is, but we do it on We do purpose. it intentionally. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And I think we usually do it on clients where we have our footing and we know kind of we've done enough right that if we do this one thing wrong, it's not the end of the world. Right. Um, so kind of also understanding where to, take those leaps um, if it's, a, you know, a video or a media buy that, you know, doing it with, with the right client that's kind of going to understand and bounce back from it potentially not succeeding because it was risky. Right. Well, and I, I think that there's a difference between doing something that doesn't work versus shooting for the star. You can, you can appreciate that, that spirit even if you get, you know, gun shy about maybe taking that leap. So hopefully, you know, I, th I think that is one of the defining characteristics of, of our team is we don't, you know, we are going to challenge our clients to, to move into new areas because that's where a lot of the greatest successes can be. Yeah. But I mean, the interesting thing on that client was that they were all for us trying. It. Yeah. And, you know, there are some clients who would just shut it down and be like, that's a silly idea or that makes no sense. Don't do it. Right. So again, a good client is one that Trust us enough to at least let us take a swing at it. And if they don't like the end result, then that's fine. We move on. We go to the next idea. But um, I, I think it's important that they at least uh, give us an opportunity to do it. Well, I, that seems like a great place for us to wrap up. Uh, you know, thank you guys so much, Nina and Jeremy. Really appreciate being able to pick your brain on uh, what, what, in your opinion, makes the best client relationships, I think, 
you uh, shared a lot of great stories uh, and have a lot of great insight on this topic. So I really want to thank you for being on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, for you, our listeners, if you have any feedback that you want to share with us, send us an email at podcast at situation.nyc. We love reading all of your feedback and we love sewing it into the topics that we bring to you here on the podcast. So until next time, uh, this is Peter Ujicic. Have a great week. Bye.